Y'all, welcome back. Really, truly excited for this episode. It's been a while. Uh, been too long. So, uh, yeah, let's jump into this one. Doing it on holidays. It's, you know, it's, it's that time of year. It's the holiday season. And, uh, yeah, I felt like kind of researching, you know, what, what, a lot about holidays. There's so many of them. How many are there total? What are the oldest ones? What are the largest ones? Which ones are celebrated worldwide? Why does it seem like we keep adding more and more holidays every year? Why are some people getting offended by the holidays lately? I don't, I don't really know. So let's begin at the beginning. But where do we start? Right here at Goofy Clown Face. So yeah, uh, obviously the oldest known holiday is, of course, your mom's birthday. Boom! Because she's so old. Because, get it? Because she's, she's, so, she's so old. All right, I'm sorry. Look, I take it back. Sorry. Let's start over. The, the holidays are extra cheesy, and this episode's probably going to be extra cheesy as well. So let's begin again. The oldest known holiday is considered by many to be the New Year's Eve celebration in Babylon uh, about 4,000 years ago. Technically, uh, you can call it the Sumerian people that are in Babylon. I, look, I'm not smart enough to figure out the difference, to be honest. I researched it, and it seems like the, the, the same types of people existed in the same area, more or less in the same time frame. So look, Sumerians, Babylonians, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that can you know, figure out that line and how to draw it better than me, so I'm not even going to try. These people the Sumerian Babylonians, uh, considered the new year to start on the first new moon after the vernal equinox. More or less, you know, present day, March 23rd, which uh, <laughs> obviously, guys, March 23rd, is January 1st. Yeah, I know. Anyways, uh, these Babylonians, they weren't using the same calendar we use today. Uh, we use the, the Gregorian calendar, which, uh, fun fact, the Gregorian calendar is, I mean, rooted in the, you know, the modern calendar that was in the Roman Empire, which was in 700 BCE. Uh, it was at least partially established by the Roman Empire. I mean, you know, the, the calendar back then had so many flaws. I mean, you know, of course it did. I mean, how, how could they had no technology? The fact that they had any calendar at all was genuinely impressive. But uh, yeah, so the Roman Empire made a bunch of changes. And then around 46 BC, Julius Caesar added 90 extra days to the year. Which you know more or less realigned the calendar to the sun and the rotation you know of the Earth around the sun, and uh, so yeah, Julius kind of got it back on track. And in this new Julian calendar, because yeah, Julius named it after himself. Of course he did. He's, he's Julius Caesar. He can do whatever. I mean, he he named a salad after himself. You don't think he's gonna name a calendar too? I mean, look, if I'm him, I'm naming every day of the week after myself just because I can. Just walking into the cathedral. Hey, uh, guys, gather around. Hey, everybody, come on. Hey, 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 pay attention. No more Monday. We're, we're calling it Julius One Day. And uh, yeah, that's how it works. Look, I don't care. Make Garfield talk about hating Julius One Day from now on. I don't want to hear it. Tuesday? <laughs> no. Julius Two Day. And you better say it right or I will behead you. Now, look, Julius probably, probably didn't do that. Obviously, he didn't do the name thing. Uh, but he did change the start of the year to January 1st as a way to honor Janus, the god of beginnings, as opposed to Janus, Chandler's girlfriend and friends, slightly different person. But uh, anyways, this version of the calendar, um, now look, this calendar was more or less the foundation of the modern calendar. Over the next 2,400 years, it was tweaked little by little, but not a ton of changes. And then in 1852, Pope Gregory VIII figured out the last piece of the puzzle. He added February 29th as a leap day. 
every four years. You know, we all know Leap Day. And that's what kind of made it work. And that's what we've kept for the last almost 200 plus years now. No, less than that. Math is hard. Anyways, long before any of these calendars were established, the Sumerian people, Babylonian people living in Mesopotamia, said that the new year was in March. And since there weren't any Romans around to correct them, March is when the new year was. So they called this new year festival Akitu. Uh, Akitu basically means barley. Uh, This festival took place in late March when they started sowing barley and other crops. So basically our our first holiday uh, as a human people is based around farming traditions and agricultural topics. Akitu lasted 11 days. 11 freaking days, y'all. I mean, look, I've partied hard. And I do mean that every which way you want to take that phrase. I've partied hard. I've done four and five day benders hard. Let me tell you, the end of those day, four or five day benders, they are not pretty. Those last days are ugly. Feel free to ask my buddy Dave about a, uh, a four day long fish festival in Miami. Oh boy, that's plenty of partying. Can't imagine 11 days. But does a Kitu festival? Yeah, 11 days. Also, though, it served an important political purpose. It, it wasn't just for, and it did include, all kinds of ancient fun. Every kind you can possibly think of, and I do mean every. It was also during this time that the new king was crowned. Or it, if there wasn't a new king, the current ruler's divine mandate was symbolically renewed. So basically, this was you know not just a rockin' New Year's party that lasted basically two weeks. It was the Sumerian version of the presidential swearing-in ceremony. So, you know, the first holiday we have on record is, is, is a way to mark crop rotation as, as well as politically inclined. So, Akitu, the 4,000-year-old, best I can tell, earliest holiday New Year's festival. Now, the next oldest holiday, it's basically the same thing. Uh, it's the Chinese New Year, uh, which is roughly 3,800 years old. And uh, the Chinese New Year, uh, I, I, I genuinely love this, it changed like the actual day they celebrated, the date they picked for it changed so many times. Uh, g- genuinely, seriously, five dynasties in a row changed the date. So originally, around 1800 BCE, during the Shou Dynasty, Chinese farmers started, you know, basically worshiping God and thanking God for a good harvest. It's like, hey, big fella upstairs, thanks for all my plants. Like, really appreciate you, appreciate it. And, you know, basically, again, another agricultural tradition, another holiday based around farming and crops. So, so far, two for two. Uh, the Chinese time frame for worship and praise of this new year was, it, at least what they had then, was the first month of their 12-month lunar cycle. I mean, it's basically in you know, mid-January of the new modern-day calendar. But, uh, you know, pretty close to what we have now. They started it more or less in January, mid-January, whatever. Uh, over time... This date kind of became, you know, the, the, the standard New Year. And it lasted for about 100 years. Every, the, the, in January, everybody celebrated and did this whole Chinese New Year thing and thanked God for the crops and all that. Then, in the 17th century, the Shang Dynasty took over. And they changed the date. They made it now in the 12th month of the lunar cycle, basically December 1st. They basically moved it back one month. So instead of January, we're now doing December, and the party's going to start in December now. Then the next dynasty to take over was the Zhou Dynasty, which a uh, great dynasty. Just I know nothing about them, but great name. They took over in 1046 BCE, and they moved New Year back to November. Essentially, they moved it to the 11th month of the lunar cycle. So I mean, you know, they made it back to November. Then in 221 BCE, the Qin Dynasty made it even earlier, moving it back to October. Uh, the, the Qin Dynasty 
only lasted 14 years. So, I mean, are they, they really a dynasty, 14 years. The current New England Patriots dynasty is longer than 14 years. So, I mean, the Cheens, as far as I'm concerned, not a dynasty. But, I mean, look, what, what do I know? So, finally, the Han dynasty showed up in 201 BCE and just undid everything. Now, look, I, I don't know what you guys are doing, why all of y'all have changed it every time. We're putting it back in January. So be it. January. So, from then on, 201 BCE to now, uh, even 2019, it's January. It does... It wavers a bit uh, sometimes because it, it, it depends on like the the moon and so there's a, there's a whole thing. But this this year's is January 25th. I'm not gonna pretend or even take the time to explain that to you because I don't understand it. Nor even take me. You don't want me to explain it because I don't get it. So January 25th is this year's. It was this year's New Year's Chinese New Year celebration. Um, in my opinion, the Chinese New Year is awesome. Uh, the way it has evolved over time. Like I said, it started off as a way just to be like, hey, you know, thank you, God, for the, the, the you know, harvest and the food. Appreciate it. But uh, during the Shang Dynasty, they started thanking their ancestors and praising, you know, their, their forefathers as well, which, look, makes sense. You know, if we're doing this, God made the sun and rain and, you know, the moon and stars and all the, the tides and things and all the stuff that helps you grow your crops. So you got to thank him. But then, you know, your grandfather and your great-great-grandfather helped set up structure and help build homes and help do, you know, agricultural practices that are still in place today. So, you know, you you thank them. I get it. Then the Zhou Dynasty, uh, they started to include a variety of new gods. (laughs) This is when it starts to get weird. Uh, Spiritual beings such as the Joy God, the the Kitchen God, and the Gate God. And look, I'm in no position to mock anyone's religion. Not talking you into or out of anything. But the gate god is, if that's really just a god to keep your gate shut, might I recommend a deadbolt, you know, instead of praying to a mystical padlock deity? You know, just, just, just my thought. Also, I looked it up. Uh, the gate god, he defends the portals between realms and wards off evil spirits. So, like I said, I'm, I'm in no position to mock anyone's religion, especially because I don't know what in the Shang dynasty I'm talking about. So, uh, however, the kitchen god, <laughs> I forgot about it. The, the kitchen god is actually the god of the kitchen. I mean, sort of. Get this, okay? Look, and this is serious. I'm not making any of this up. Legend goes, there was a Chinese guy who cheated on his wife. He was you know, all-around jerk, but cheated on his wife and then left her for a younger lady. The heavens got mad at this guy, and they cursed him, cursed him blind. So this Chinese guy who cheated on his wife is now blind, and his new girl left him, so now he's blind and alone. And Chinese blind mean guy starts walking around begging because he has to because it's back in the day and you can't really do much if you're blind. Uh, blind guy one day starts begging from a stranger and this stranger uh, is nice to him. He's kind to him. And he starts, the blind guy starts to explain how ashamed he is, saying, you know, he, he should have treated his wife better and, and you know, this, this stranger is being too kind to him. And the stranger invites old blindy into her home, uh, cooks him a meal, and the blind guy starts crying saying he absolutely doesn't deserve to be treated this way. He was, he was too mean to his ex-wife to deserve any type of kindness, and he starts crying in this, in this woman's home. And the kind stranger uh, tells this blind guy to open his eyes. Blind guy stops crying, opens his eyes, and see that this kind stranger was no stranger at all. It was actually his ex-wife. Zing! Never saw that coming. Well, this dude, blind guy, ex-blind guy, still 100% jerk, but ex-jerk, ex-blind guy. Anyways, he's so overcome with guilt 
after seeing how nice his ex-wife has been to him and how cordial she's been and you know how, how you should be treating human beings, he becomes so overcome with guilt that he throws himself into the oven and dies. This is 100% true. Uh, 100%. Not didn't make any of that. The only thing I did, like, it wasn't necessarily an oven. I mean, we're talking, you know, 3,000-year-old Chinese, it was like a fire pit kind of thing. Anyways, but the, the story is still true. Jerk face, cheats on his wife, realizes he's a jerk. Wife makes him food. Jerk face kills himself. Now he's a god. Makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. The Chinese New Year, around 200 BC, started to stray away from any of this religious stuff. Uh, became more a celebration of life. Festivals started to encourage staying up late and burning bamboo, which, uh, to my surprise, is not slang for anything. Uh, I researched that, and literally, they these people just sat around setting bamboo on fire, and they you know just kind of kicked back and listened to it crackle. Now, that sounds absurd at first. It does. I mean, at, le- at least it did to me. But you forget, at least I do, how bored people must have been back then. Put yourself in their shoes nothing better to do literally nothing better to do and you know look if you pull it up if you pull it up online burning bamboo it actually sounds kind of cool like it's got like these like crackles it sounds like a like a string of black cats you know what i mean like or you know, something like that so i mean basically these people stayed up late at night listening to bamboo crackle like primitive fireworks until the year 96 ad when they invented actual fireworks this is when things really take off. Uh, around this time, 960 AD, is when the Chinese New Year started becoming even bigger than it ever has been. Like those, those like multiple dude dragon costumes, you know, like where five, four or five dudes like all run around, like one's the head and then two or three in the body and then one's the tail. Like kind of like the two man horse costume, but you know, the Asian version that seems cooler. That's when these started getting really popular. Dudes started running around with those. Fireworks got huge. Um, there's not a, a number that I can find, but I'm sure. I, hundreds, if not thousands, of people and houses accidentally burnt up during all of this. Like I'm sure there was a period early on when there were no regulations on this stuff, and dudes were just blowing shit up. What a holiday! Genuinely, what a holiday the Chinese unleashed on the world, and God bless them for it. So, basically, New Year is the earliest and oldest and largely celebrated. Be it you know the New Year that everybody celebrates on January 1st, which is a pretty big worldwide thing. Even, in fact, even, you know, Chinese culture celebrate it uh, along with everybody else. And then they do their own thing a little bit later, you know, be it January 25th or whatever day. But, you know, basically, biggest celebration, oldest celebration, number one, most worldwide celebration, New Year's. By far. It's not even close. Uh, The second, the number two most popular celebration holiday, um, not sure if you've heard of this, Christmas? Christmas, I'm not sure. Uh, We'll circle back. Third most popular holiday is Eid al-Fitr, which, sure, I wrecked that pronunciation, positive. But Eid al-Fitr is celebrated worldwide by Muslims, and it marks the end of the month of Ramadan, which is April 23rd to May 23rd. It's basically the entire month of April, or entire month of May in the last week. It's April 23rd to May 23rd. You guys know how the calendar works. I don't need to explain that any further. During these 30 days, Muslims fast in order to achieve a you know heightened level of spiritual awareness and, and worship. Then after an entire month of fasting, on this day, Eid al-Fitr, they can eat. Which, I mean, look, I know so little about the Muslim faith, but I can assure you, if I haven't eaten for a month, my most favorite holiday of the year will be eating on Eid al-Fitr. Guaranteed. I mean, like, every year I try and cut back, like, 
a couple days before Thanksgiving, you know, try and try to have maybe a few more salads just to prepare for the onslaught of calories that's coming. But a whole month? Look, it, anyone listening, if you guys practice any type of, of fasting that's more than, you know, like a day, but certainly any Muslims, 30-day fast, I have the utmost respect for your willpower. Like, by no stretch, that is impressive. And uh, I'm honestly not sure if I could do it. I, I, 30 days is, wow. So good on you. Well done. The next most widely celebrated holiday is Valentine's Day, which apparently is celebrated all over the globe. Um, you know, not everybody, but a lot of different countries, more so than I thought. I, I, I'd never really considered it or even thought about it, but I always thought it was just an American holiday. I seriously always thought, like, look, look, I'm not deeply educated. I think you all know that. I've got very little grasp on world events and, and world culture. Uh, I've, I've Googled every single fact that I've ever said on this show, on any episode. But during these, these Googlings, I did find out that Valentine's Day is, uh, is relatively new to certain countries. But, you know, it's still there. It's still present. Uh, as recently as the mid-1990s, totally serious here, Denmark did not celebrate Valentine's Day until the mid-1990s. Because, I mean, like everyone knows, before 1995, Denmark had no love. It's a, it's a well-known fact. The entirety of the Danish culture was, was bereft of any positive emotions until 1995, when the majority of the Danish population watched the film Bushwhacked, starring the incomparable Daniel Stern. This sent shockwaves across the nation. Husbands were talking to their wives after, after having watched the film, and all the Magnuses and all the Johans and all of Denmark were talking to their wives like, You know what, Mirschitz? If the bad guys from home alone can change his ways, and cares for these children trapped in the wilderness. By golly, I might be capable of loving you. Then Mildred is all like, I might possibly love you too, Schmacknus. And just like those children were able to see Daniel Stearns for who he truly was, and not for the murderer that he was only being framed by those criminals, I might see you for who you really are. And Magnus is all like, Mildred, spoiler alert. Jesus, what do you think this is? Oh, calm down, Johans. It's not like I've ruined shitty stickers. Look, y'all, uh, Danish language, truly, sounds like a deaf Viking raped a French gerbil and raised to that hellspawn in Transylvania. I clearly can't do a Transylvanian accent, nor can I do a Danish one. But, uh, you know, I think that's still, still pretty much, it, it wraps up, I'm guessing, how that, how that, how that Valentine's Day spread throughout the country. I mean, look, obviously none of that's true. But it is true. It wasn't a real Valentine's Day. The Danish people did not celebrate until the mid-90s. But because of this, they've added their own little spin on it. They've gotten a little, uh, a little different with it. This is, this is true. I'm not kidding. This, this, is, this is true. Um, on Valentine's Day, Danish men give funny poems and, and, and clever rhymes to the women they like. But they don't sign their names. They just do it, you know, anonymously. So if the woman can guess who wrote these poems, she earns an Easter egg later that year. I swear to God that this whole bit is true. From the poem to the Easter egg, it's all true. I found out France celebrates Valentine's Day. Uh, in fact, France takes credit for the first Valentine's Day cards, which as soon as I learned that, that France is trying to take credit for that, I did get pissed off. Like, that's how deep-rooted my absurdly archaic American disdain for the French goes. I know nothing about French culture. I really don't. But when I found out they're trying to stake a claim on holiday cards, I genuinely got defensive. Like, that's so stupid, but I did. Fuck them. How dare they? Uh, they claim a French feller 
by the name of Charles, the Duke of Orleans, was in prison in England in 1451. While he was in prison, Charles sent love letters to his, to his wife living back in France. And somehow that is a claim for all of Valentine's Day cards. Like, that isn't a claim for nothing. You had a guy in jail write a letter to his main bitch on the outside, and you get to take credit for a billion-dollar industry? Like, no. And yeah, seriously, Valentine's cards are a billion-dollar-a-year business. Well over it, actually. Uh, according to Reference.com, one billion cards are sent worldwide each year. I mean, there's less than 8 billion people in the world, and some of those people live in societies that don't have Valentine's Day, and some of those people are infants. So, I mean, it's still, somehow, a billion cards are purchased. ABCnews.com says that in, in America, and in, in the United States alone, 100 million cards are purchased, valuing over $1 billion. That's cra- $1 billion to give ink and paper to somebody else. And like that doesn't even begin to factor in, you know, postage or gift cards or pictures that were printed off and put in there. Like th- then you had in expenses, expenses like, you know, candy and, and flowers and clothes and all, all the other stuff, all for one day of the year. It's an economical explosion. This holiday, you know, started to celebrate love has turned into a, you know, the modern day equivalent, equivalent of agriculture. It's, you know, it's not slowly farming necessary crops. It's slowly building towards these days like Valentine's Day or Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's slowly buying presents and gifts and building and then exploding. Boom, it's just a big buy and hand out and spend, you know, and keep the economy turning. It's, it's, it's not necessary crops for survival. It's necessary to buy unnecessary necessary things for survival. I mean, in America alone, people spend $18.2 billion for Valentine's Day, for one day. I mean, that breaks out $4 billion on jewelry, $2 billion on flowers, $1.7 billion on candy. And get this, I can't even... Over $750 million are spent each year on Valentine's gifts for pets. The gross domestic product for the country of Tonga for the year is $435 million. We spend $750 million in one day on our pets. American Samoa, uh, the, the GDP is $824 million, by the way, just in case you don't know where Tonga is. I don't know where Samoa is either, but I had at least heard of it. So anyways, we basically spend a country's... You know, of Samoa, we spend almost double of Tonga's. We spend a country's budget on one day on our animals. They don't even know Valentine's Day exists. Wow. Anyways, these Frenchies had a far better tradition than the Danish tradition of going to see a movie every year. You're gonna, you're gonna want to see those those Daniel Stern flicks. I'm just saying, they're they're delightful. Frenchies had a tradition called Loterie de l'Amour, or the Lottery of Love. And this is genuinely where a bunch of dudes go into a house and a bunch of women go into another house, and then they take turns yelling, go. Although it was probably something French, like, oh, 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 les beginnings. That's my French impression. Anyways, they yell, go. And one dude and one girl jump out of the house blindly and then open their eyes and run towards each other. The game was essentially randomly pairing off strangers. You know, strangers, kind of. I'm sure you knew more or less everybody. But you know what I mean? It just randomly paired off two people. But here's the kicker to this game. If a man saw the woman and didn't like her, he's allowed to just bail and go back inside. But the woman's not allowed to do that. She's not allowed to say yes or no at all. 
She either gets picked by the one choice that comes out to say yes or no. And if she gets picked, sweet. And if she doesn't, she's not allowed back in the game. Like, that's... What? Are you just like, look, I don't... I am not well-versed in modern society. I, I don't even want... Like, honestly, I don't even want to make a, a claim here having anything to do with sexism in the modern day. I don't know anything about it. Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, I mean, they're horrible people, and that's the extent of my knowledge. So, I mean, look, clearly... Modern-day sexism still exists. It's still horrible. It needs to change. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about right now is how blatant sexism used to be. Like, Cosby and Weinstein, terrible people. But at least, at least they had to do their horrible stuff in private. They at least had to be behind closed doors. I'm not saying it's any better. I mean, honestly, it might be worse. I don't know. It might be worse. But point is, we at least as a society have agreed that that's wrong. So they have to hide it. Back then... Everybody was just, they looked at them. They were, everybody saw it. The dudes were allowed to go, no, you're ugly, goodbye, and go back inside and keep playing. And the women weren't allowed to keep playing. That was just, that's how society worked. Everybody was okay with that. Blatant sexism, totally okay. So anyways, these, uh, these ditched women, the women that weren't allowed back in, uh, they, they started their own tradition. And that was a tradition of building bonfires and quote, and this is a quote from multiple different sources. I mean, you know, you, I'll admit, I mean, usually Google is where I start. And then if I can click off into other websites and French stuff and anything that seems kind of tangential, I do it. It's probably not the right use of that tangential. Anyways, doesn't matter. Point is, I found this on multiple sites. This is why I'm quoting it. Quote, these women would sit around, quote, hurling swears and insults about men while gathered around the fire, end quote. So basically... You know, some chick named Antoinette and her ugly friends sat around a fire drinking wine and talking shit about men. And good for them. I totally would too. If that was the game and the rules were flipped, it's, I'd be pissed off. The rules are rigged. That's, it's a totally rigged game. So, I mean, I'd be sitting there if I was, you know, whatever. It, it, I would be talking shit too. Every year, this, you know, the bonfire got a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. They got a little bit drunker, so they pushed a little bit bigger. Eventually, they got so large, and the tradition was so popular, that the French government literally had to ban the bonfires altogether. They made, they made a national decree. Can't do it. Got to shut these bonfires down before you know anybody gets hurt. And that is probably the only piece of French, French culture that the Texas A&M alumni would willingly align themselves to. Moving on. South Koreans have my favorite Valentine's Day tradition. Uh, February 14th, women give men candy and flowers, you know, standard, you know, Valentine's Day stuff. But men don't give the women anything. But on March 14th, men give women candy and flowers and then also a gift. Then on April 14th, a.k.a. Black Day, don't worry, not as racist as it sounds, this is the day when single people mourn their solitude by eating dark bowls of jajang mayayon. Or, a, you know, it's like a black bean noodle paste. Sounds awful. But just picture that. Like, if you're in South Korea, you either have a date or you have to sit in silence and solitude and eat a nasty black food on purpose. <laughs> That's delightful. Uh, anyways, Valentine's Day clearly seems to be the largest worldwide celebration that's that's at least completely made up on its own. Uh, it might it have become quite the economic force. So, I mean... You know, it's not necessarily farming, but uh, it, it might be economical farming. You might, when you're picking out that card, that might be the same as you plowing fields. Like we, at least the American economics might genuinely depend on me and you and everybody else spending billions of dollars. Moving on. As popular uh, as Valentine's is globally, um, there's a festival that's real close. Uh, it's called the Festival of Lights, a.k.a. Diwali. 
Uh, this is a five-day Hindu festival in late October. Uh, it happens every year, and it looks friggin' amazing. I mean, it's lights and color and beautiful and music. It's just friggin' everywhere. It, it looks a lot like the, the Rio de Janeiro Carnival, you know, in, in Brazil. Except Diwali is celebrated by, like, I don't know, like 12 countries, like India, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Myanmar, Mauritius, Guyana, Trinidad and Tobago, Suriname, Malaysia, Singapore, and Fiji all celebrate this thing. This festival is huge. Look it up. It's 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 beautiful, and the people just seem so happy. Like you don't, and it could just be that that's the pictures I found. But like you don't see anybody drinking. You don't see anybody holding like you know. If if you Google anybody celebrating on like Bourbon Street, you see those giant plastic hand grenades or like those giant like colorful like all the nonsense alcohol drinks. Like you don't see any of that, but you see people that are having a great time. Google it. Looks great. Also, worth Googling uh, any of the festivals in India. They, they have so many. <laughs> they have so many. Uh, Basant is in India and Pakistan, which is it's celebrating the purity of the spring season. So, you know, yet again, agriculture and weather style. Um, they've got a giant kite festival that usually caps off the, uh, the Basant Festival. Uh, they also celebrate Gandhi's birthday, which is a three-day party. But my favorite, easily, is the Holi Festival. This goes back to about 100 BCE, estimated, you know, give or take. Uh, first written account is in the 7th century, but they say it's been going on for a while. This is the Festival of Colors, Holly Festival, where they throw around all that colored powder. It looks like an absolute blast. Uh, this holly powder gets, I mean, it just gets everywhere. There's a clip in Planet Earth 2. Uh, it's like a behind-the-scenes clip of when they were going to one of these holly festivals, and they had to wrap their cameras and protect their microphones and cover them all in plastic and sheeting and all. I mean, this paint powder got everywhere. So I, I got to imagine you got to say this, but like it, it's that's how much you really have to prepare just to try and take a video of it. It's crazy. Basically, it's the origin of all those like fun runs or color runs, you know, all that nonsense. Like you know, in the U.S., when like some CrossFitters and some soccer moms throw some paint around for like two hours on a Saturday, but. Now do this with every single person in an entire country. I mean, they all just explode with color powder for like two full days. And the best part, at least back in the day, the best part, uh, these powders were made from certain plants and certain flowers. And the, the powder itself was actually good for you. I mean, it was good for the skin. It was good, you know, it, it, if, you, if you ingested it, it wasn't bad for you. Like you could breathe it and it wouldn't like hurt you, hurt you. Nowadays, not the case. Nowadays, there's uh, you know plenty of vendors that are selling like cheaply made, chemically produced versions of the powders. I mean, it, it, you know, it can like ir- irritate your skin and irritate the eyes. I can't imagine like if you're selling something that's going to irritate your eyes and it's going to be thrown around willy nilly. Like it, that's not like you shouldn't be doing that. So what I'm saying is, guys, be careful who you buy your powders from. Uh, in so many scenarios, specifically the Holly Festival, the next most widely celebrated holiday is Easter. And look, I'm, I'm going to spare you my hacky rendition of Easter bunnies. Bunnies don't lay eggs. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna, it's moving on. I'll ask you this. Why have bunnies at all? Where did Why have animals at all? I mean, if we're truly celebrating Jesus rising from the dead, where do animals fit in? Where, where did this even come from? Well, as it turns out, uh, like most of the world's problems, this too can be blamed on the Germans. I mean, kidding, you know, about the blame thing, but not kidding, that it is German. Uh, 1700s, the German immigrants came to America and imported their tradition of the Oosterhase. It's an egg-laying rabbit who gives treats to children. The Oosterhase. Except, 
uh, this Ustelhes is German. So, of course, he's not just only friendly. He also comes to judge the bad children and tell them when they were disobedient to their to their parents. <laughs> Sorry, it's just it's like... Can you just picture the other immigrants? Just picture immigrants from other countries in the same, you know, more or less neighborhoods, and they're watching their German neighbors and you know these these other immigrants, say the Irish immigrant, like, hey, look, you know, kiddo, hey, Patrick, come here, look at look at our neighbors, they got an Easter bunny, look at that, it's going to be so awesome. Except the Easter bunny comes bopping up. Hello, kids, scooter, you've no candy. Und not candies, mein Kinder snappen. You've unter bad be decent this year's not candies for you. That's that's my that's my German accent. I don't know if, I don't know if you guys got that. Anyways, can't really blame the Germans though, uh, honestly, because long before the you know SS Easter Bunny showed up, early Christians in the Nineveh settlement near the Tigris River in Mesopotamia. That's how far back we're going, Mesopotamia. Long before the Germans, these guys uh, they pretty much. They invented the dying the eggs thing. Uh, they, these early Christians started taking eggs and dyeing them red as a, as a way to symbolize Christ's blood shed at his crucifixion. And also, Ninevites made the Easter egg itself as a symbol uh, of the empty tomb of Jesus after he'd been resurrected. Because, and look, I don't know if you guys know this, but empty cave tombs, empty cave tombs do have one thing in common with painted Easter eggs. And that's the fact that neither one of them has Jesus Christ inside it. Little little known fact there. <laughs> Dumb. Anyways, next we got Halloween. Um, depending on who and where you look up and who you trust, it might actually be bigger than the Holly Festival. It might actually be bigger than Valentine's Day. But it, it's it's really because there's, there's Halloween and there's Dia de los Muertos and there's All Hell's Eve. It's all kind of it's it's a hodgepodge goulash of of, of holidays. So just kind of go with me here. All Hallows Eve, originally a 2,000-year-old Celtic festival, uh, it marked the end of summer and end of harvest. Yet again, agriculture, weather, that's it. Just that's where all these holidays, I guess, originated. What do I know? A lot of these holidays were based around farming. You can just tell. But this one, specifically, on October 31st, they celebrated Samhain, which not only was the end of summer and the end of harvest and all of that, but it was also when the worlds of the living and the worlds of the dead were blurred allowing ghosts of the dead to return to Earth. Similar, for real similar, to Dia de los Muertos, which I admit the majority of my knowledge on Dia de los Muertos comes from the movie Coco, which is a great movie, by the way, but we don't need a left turn there. Dia de los Muertos is 3,000 years old, so about 1,000 years before the Celtics. Uh, and this was uh, the Aztec people. The Aztecs believed that the dead would be insulted. If we only sat around and, you know, were sad and there was only mourning and there was only crying, uh, which I'll admit, I love that concept. Well done, Aztecs. Don't waste your time mourning the dead. Live it up while you still can. Like, that's beautiful. Well said. So Dia de los Muertos celebrates the lives of the deceased. Partying, dancing, drinking hard, doing all the activities that, that the dead enjoyed when they were still alive. Uh, interestingly enough, All Hallows Eve originated by Western Europeans. And Dia de los Muertos, obviously Aztecs, they were created completely independently of each other. Uh, as far as anybody can tell, those two cultures never mingled, ever. Yet, somehow, both came up with the concept that one day of the year, the dead can return to the world of the living. Could just be coincidental. I don't think it is. I, I think that I think it speaks to humanity across the globe, regardless of where you're from. We all want 
we all kind of like the idea of the dead being capable of returning. I mean, you know, not like zombies, but you know what I mean? Everybody kind of sort of wants to be able to talk to their you know, deceased relatives, at least a little bit. So I think it says something about the grieving process of humans and that, you know, we all desperately, I think, want death to not be so finite. Just, just at least a little bit. But look, hey, we don't got to go down this rabbit hole of death. If you, if you want to, uh, I did an episode on funerals. Check that out. There are so many holidays. Like, I, I can't even begin to list all the crazy ideas for holidays. Like, y- y- y'all don't even understand. Like, there are, like, okay, l- let me just try. There are pointless holidays. Holidays such as National Argyle Day, National Bubble Bath Day, National English Toffee Day, National Joy Germ Soap Awareness Day. All of these exist, and all of them are celebrated January 8th. The same day. How am I supposed to do all of that at once? Well, I tried. I celebrated the shit out of January 8th. I ate English coffee during a bubble bath while wearing an Argyle sweater, and the bubbles were from Joy Dish Soap. No one out holidays me. Just to emphasize the point here of how many holidays exist, all those were on the same day. And one more, National Winter Skin Relief Day, which is also January 8th. I mean, seriously, clearly, I can't begin to list all the holidays that exist. The, the ones that I've found, I, I, I compiled a list, and it just can't be done. It, this would be a four-hour-long episode, which obviously none of y'all want. So I will absolutely try and run through some of the highlights and some of all of them. Uh, but I'm going to put that when this is all over because, I mean, it could be fun. Uh, it could be funny. It could be incredibly long and awful. So for now, just take my word for it. There are thousands of holidays, uh, most of which I had never even heard of before. One I had heard of however, is Thanksgiving, originally celebrated by Sir Martin Frobisher and his crew in the Eastern Arctic in 1578. They ate a meal of salt beef, mushy peas, and some biscuits, all to celebrate and give thanks for the safe arrival in the modern-day Nunavut society. Now, I know what you're thinking. That doesn't sound like Thanksgiving at all, but everything I said is true. It's the origins of Canadian Thanksgiving. So you can stuff that in your turkey and bake it at 325, boyo, you hoser. I'm sorry. I I take that all back. I apologize. Um, Thanksgiving, of course, the holiday expressing gratitude for all of life's blessings, uh, where everyone eats steamed crab, pickled cabbage, and mooncakes for dessert. Gotcha again. That is genuinely the traditional food of Chinese Thanksgiving, uh, which dates back like 2,500 years. I mean, they, really, we can't even claim it. So, I mean, it's 25 years old. That They destroy us. And it's celebrated near mid-autumn and sometimes is actually called the Mid-Autumn Festival. And for real, mooncake is the Chinese dessert of choice. I, it, you guys, I, let me just, it, it sounds awful. I, it sounds awful. Here's a word-for-word description I found on multiple websites. Mooncake is a baked concoction filled with sesame seeds, ground lotus seeds, and duck eggs. What the fuck? It's going to be a solid no on that one. Going to pass. Thanks. Um, so yeah, anyways, Thanksgiving that we all know and love as the, holidays where, uh, as the holiday where parents who were so busy with this year's harvest can take time to make amends with their children who may have felt neglected throughout the year. Oh, wait, that's Vietnamese Thanksgiving. <laughs> A.K.A. Tet Trent Festival. Booyah. All right, look, I'm sorry. All that was stupid. It's all true. All that was real. And all that's older than our American Thanksgiving. So, I mean, gotta give them credit. I mean, it can't even, you know, that was theirs. They did that. Anyways, American Thanksgiving. Pilgrims in 1621 
had a three-day feast. They invited Native Americans. They you know, had turkey and all that. Uh, it was estimated that 53 pilgrims and 90 natives sat down and ate together. And as far as I know, natives and the pilgrims, they got along great from that day forward and lived happily ever after together forever. <laughs> anyways, like we don't got to do that. You guys all, anyways. All right, modern Thanksgiving, it is so large nowadays. Uh, one survey, according, you know, it's nationalturkeyfederation.com. So, I mean, take it for what it's worth. But 88% of Americans eat turkey at Thanksgiving. And if you take that and the average weight of a Thanksgiving turkey is 16 pounds, 16 pounds, 88% of Americans. That means that roughly, in one day, roughly 736 million pounds of turkey are eaten in America. Sweet Turk McGurk. That's a lot of turkey. Uh, Largest turkey to ever live. Wow. Uh, Largest turkey to ever live. 86 pound male turkey named Tyson. Uh, Of course, he lived in England, so he's a bitch. But uh, yeah, so there you go. 86 pounds. Huge. Now, Thanksgiving ends, and that brings us to the December holidays. So, and look, in order to be as least offensive as possible, I'm just going to list them in order. I'm not going to give anyone preference to anyone's personal beliefs or anyone's particular celebrational ideologies. Not my job to talk you into or out of anything. Believe what you want to believe. I'm going to poke fun at all of it. December 16th through December 24th, Las Posadas. It's a predominantly Mexican tradition. It commemorates the journey of Joseph and Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem in search of a safe safe place for Mary to give birth to Jesus. Now, the story, according to the Bible, is in the book of Matthew, chapter 2. Joseph had a dream where an angel came down and gave him instructions. Now, I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing the Bible here, but the angel said, quote, Hey, oh, Joe, looky here, man. You gonna want to head up out of here? Old King Herod's fixing them by murder your chillings. End quote. And on that dream alone, Joseph somehow talked his pregnant wife into permanently leaving home right away. Now, look, nowhere in the Bible does it say that Mary rode an animal. Doesn't say that. Doesn't say that. It only says she walked on foot. And you know, if you're a Christian, you believe that Mary was a virgin and gave birth to Jesus, a virgin, which is a miracle. And that's fine. But let me tell you, the real miracle is Joseph talking his nine-month pregnant wife into walking for six straight days, walking 90 miles to a completely new town where they knew no one and starting over a new life with a baby that isn't born yet. That's a miracle. Are you kidding? When my wife was pregnant, I couldn't talk her into anything. Are you kidding? Walking six days, almost 100 miles? Get the fuck, that's, Joseph is an absolute miracle worker of a salesman. Well done. December 25th, sorry. December 21st, excuse me. December 21st, winter solstice. Uh, I got to admit, I barely understand this one. I mean, look, it's the day with the least amount of daylight and the longest night of the year, the longest darkness period of the year. I get that. But when I looked up, why? Who boy. I got a lot of numbers and stuff and and rotational pull and axis. And look, I'm not that smart. So here's what I got. The Earth's axis is being tilted away from the sun. So the sun's rays are technically aimed downward from the equator. So the vertical sun rays spread a shorter distance. I I think. Look, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely learned while researching this that the Earth revolves around the sun in a counterclockwise motion. Like, I read that, and I was like, wow, I've never really even thought about which direction the sun, you know, and the Earth, how we even... 
Wait, but if you're if you're looking at it from like the South Pole, then it's going to be going clockwise, and if you're looking at it from the North Pole, it's going to go clatter. It's counterclockwise from one way and then clockwise from the other. Like what the fuck? Jesus. Real time contradicting my own research. You're welcome, guys. Um, Jesus Christ. Anyways, uh, I'm retarded. The winter solstice has been celebrated by people uh, possibly forever, uh, going back a long, long time, at least for real. Uh, some cultures address the occasion as far back as like the Neolithic times. I mean, so genuinely, possibly like 12,000 years ago. I mean, technically, this would be the oldest holiday because the Hindu calendar uh, it celebrates Mahai a festival to start the longer and lighter days. Uh, Iranian folks call it Yalda Night, where they celebrate it by drinking all night at Grandma's house. <laughs> Seriously, and that's delightful. That is such a that's such a sweet. Like if I'm Grandma, I'm stoked. Like it, gram, Grandma and Grandpa, we should have more holidays that we just go get fucked up with our grandparents. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Uh, ancient Romans called this Brumalia. Latvians called it Zimesivetki. I'm sure I nailed all those pronunciations. And plenty of others celebrate the winter solstice. It's just, it's the winter solstice. So, I mean, technically, it probably is the oldest holiday. I, just, I don't know if I categorize that as a true holiday. I mean, I, I categorize it more of a true holiday than the dawn dish soap bubble bath day. But, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I, I, I've lost all foundations on what is or isn't a holiday. This entire research period has just ruined me on what we should even consider it. So, I mean, sure, it's, it, it, let's call it winter solstice, oldest holiday. Congratulations. Now, December 22nd. Through December 30th, Hanukkah. Good old Hanukkah. It's a Jewish tradition. Uh, it's, it, it's got a lot of different mini, uh, you know, kind of holiday moments in it. Uh, the most recognizable little tradition of it all is uh, the lighting of the menorah. We all know that. Pro tip, if you Google menorah, spell it M-E-N-O-R-A-H. Because if you spell it M-I-N-O-R-A, like I did... Oh boy, that is a completely different search result. So uh, yeah, just just fly on that one. Modern day menorah, it's got nine candles. Uh, however, it started as only seven. Uh, and that's just odd to me. Like they, they would have added, but they did. And you know, whatever. I mean, they and that I'm not a Jew, but also anybody, people that are dead now did this. So anyways, according to the book of Exodus, chapter 25, Moses went up to Mount Sinai alone and he came back down claiming God had told him all kinds of stuff including how to make a kick-ass candlestick. God said, according to Moses, God said it needed to be forged out of a single piece of gold with six branches, three on one side, three on the other, with one main central in the middle. If I'm Moses, I'd be like, hey, uh, God, thanks for the interior design tip, but how about telling me where like a good fishing spot is or... Or maybe you could have told us that using leeches to, to, to draw blood isn't actually a good medicinal practice. Or, you know, maybe you could give me something more practical than, no, no, can't, candlestick, I'll build a candlestick. I'll, I'll can, all right, fuck it, fine, thanks, God. So the modern menorah has nine candlesticks. Uh, the main middle candle is used to light the other eight, four on one side, four on the other. And those eight symbolize the original temple lantern that somehow stayed lit for eight days. Hey, it's my birthday. I stayed lit for eight straight days once, and let me tell you, YOLO. Hey, Jimmy, I did not need you on this episode, brother. I told you you didn't need to come over, really. I really wish you'd stop doing that. So, uh, yeah, now have a good one. How about I tell him what the next one is? No, Jim. Good night. Now then, December 25th. Uh, it's a holiday where people put shiny stuff on dead trees, allow a total stranger to break into their homes via the chimney, and it seems rather silly. Not gonna lie, I googled it. Couldn't find much. Uh, Christmas, 
Christimese, Christ, Christime, Christimese. I don't know. Could be saying that wrong. Moving on. December 26th, Boxing Day. Now, this one, I've heard referenced many times during European like soccer matches and, and, and any type of sporting event that I'm watching that's taking place across the pond because, I mean, I've never really known what it was. It's always sounded kind of fun. And, you know, guys, uh, it's not. It's really not. Uh, now, depending on where you look up Boxing Day, some say it's a fun day to eat leftovers and give boxes to charity and, hey, all right, and, you know, that, that kind of sunshine and rainbows, and that's fine. But if you dig a little deeper and you find out that truly um, Boxing Day is a day hundreds of years ago where the rich slave masters would give boxes of day-old food to their servants and then send their servants home to go give those boxes of day-old food to their family because their servants didn't get to spend Christmas Day with their families. Uh, I don't even, honestly, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get Marjani in here. Like, I don't, is Marjani, anybody got my, hey, you ain't here, but I still am. What you, Jimmy, Jesus, I told you to shut the fuck. How'd you even get back in here, Jim? I thought I locked the door. Hey, I came in through the chimney. It's allowed this time of year. As long as I bring presents. So, uh, I got like some mints in my pocket. Here you go. Merry Christmas. (sighs) Good night, Jim. Good night. So yeah, December 26th through January 1st is Kwanzaa. And Kwanzaa is a celebration of African heritage in African-American culture, which I'll admit I didn't know. Uh, that's interesting to me. I, I'd always thought that Kwanzaa was some like, you know, thousand-year-old tradition that had been passed on. But no, uh, apparently in 1966, Maulana Karenga, which I'm sure I got her name wrong, so I apologize. Her uh, new holiday that she made up herself, uh, Kwanzaa, has seven core principles. They are unity, self-determination, collective responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith. Those are the seven core principles of Kwanzaa. Now look, I'd argue that all economics are cooperative economics. I'd also uh, argue that self-determination and purpose are basically the same thing. Uh, And unity and collective responsibility, also the same thing. So really, they're like four and a half core principles to Kwanzaa. But I mean, I like it. Much like Hanukkah and the menorah, Kwanzaa has... This is interesting. Kwanzaa has a seven-tiered candle as well. Uh, they call it a kanara, and they, it symbolizes the seven principles. Now, there's only four and a half principles, but I'll admit it'd be tough to make a candle holder with only four and a half spots. So probably you know, best stick to seven. That's, that's fine. Go with that. And then January 25th is a Chinese New Year. So that brings us full circle. Um, <laughs> I'll admit... This episode didn't have a ton of philosophical musings, not a ton of why do do this or, you know, why did they do that and kind of digging deeper. Honestly, because the more I looked up all of these, the more I saw the, the, you know, monotonous ones and the ones that are pointless to the ones that are large and truly is for a lot of people meaningful. I I think celebrating anything in its purest form in and of itself is the point. It doesn't really matter why. It doesn't really matter where or even what, but if it brings people together for a common positive experience, I think it's worth doing. And it would seem that we've been doing this since forever. I mean, obviously, a lot of the first holidays were centered around farming and agriculture and weather, and, you know, that's fine. But, I mean, it's probably because that's really all we had as a species. For I me, mean, for hundreds of years, like, we, we really didn't have any, I mean, you know, war, but besides war, all we had was, you know, agriculture and farming, and, and that's kind of it. So, you know, we kind of kept track of that. And then also, you know, why not have a big party? What's what's the best way to, you know, signify if we're going to stamp once a year? It's like, all right, let's restart. Like, why not have a big, you know, why not? Naturally, I mean, you know, we're human beings. We enjoy celebrations. 
I'm sure all animals do, but you know, and because we do enjoy these and because these celebrations were made up by us, we apparently just decided to make up more and more over the years. And as time passed, we pretty much nailed all the big reasons. You know, birthdays and New Year's and even Valentine's Day to celebrate love. Like that, we we've made holidays for any and all big things. Uh, we've also made plenty of meaningless holidays. Plenty. I mean, there's only 365 days, and depending on certain websites, there's anywhere from 1,200 to 2,000 holidays a year. That's a lot of overlap. Like a lot of overlap. How much overlap? I swear. I'm going to try and show this to you guys right now. I mean, for all intents and purposes, this this episode is over. I'm about to try and run through a gauntlet of every holiday, or at least the big absurd holidays, the ones that stand out. So this is going to get dumb, y'all. This is going to get real dumb. So buckle up. So let's begin. And I want to remind you all that no one out holidays me. January 1st, New Year's, of course. It's also National Hangover Day and National Bloody Mary Day, which go together pretty smoothly. Honestly, easy start January 1st. January 10th, and we're already getting weird, National Bittersweet Chocolate Day, National Houseplant Appreciation Day, and National Peculiar People Day. Which, if you're a person who sits around eating only bittersweet chocolates, discussing only how much you appreciate your houseplants, I'm going to call you a, a peculiar person for sure. A very peculiar person. But I'm going to sit around and eat that chocolate and talk about your plants with you because no one out holidays me january 20th national butter crunch day cheese lovers day penguin day and disc jockey day so i set up a rave featuring a penguin on the ones and twos with an all-you-can-eat butter crunch cheese buffet which uh, actually is a pretty bad segue into january 21st because it's national hug day please don't hug me too hard It's also National Granola Bar Day, which I'm going to need that after all the butter and cheese from yesterday's rave. It's also MLK Junior Day. It's also National Museum Selfie Day, which what? It's also National Banana Bread Day and National Squirrel Appreciation Day. So I got a squirrel, dressed him as MLK, shoved some banana bread down his throat, and then took a picture with him at a museum. It was a good day. It's a good day. Wednesday, January 23rd, at least this year was Wednesday. Every year is January 23rd. National Library Selfie Day. Uh, January 21st is Museum Selfie Day. How cultured do you think I am? But no one out holidays me. Let's go take another selfie. January 25th, National Irish Coffee Day, which hell yeah. January 28th, National Have Fun at Work Day. It'd be a lot more fun if it was also National Irish Coffee Day, but don't worry because January 28th, it, it is truly National Have Fun at Work Day, but it's also National Kazoo Day, National Lego Day, and National Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day. So yeah, do that. Go to your office, start building shit with Legos and blowing a kazoo and stomping on bubble wrap. Celebrate National Have Fun at Work Day before being escorted out. Also, January 28th is National Data Privacy Day. It's weird, I've I've never seen a post about that on Facebook. Suck it, Zuckerberg, I nailed you with that one. Got him. February 2nd, National Tater Tot Day. National Ice Cream for Breakfast Day, National Heavenly Hash Day, which I had to search to find out it's a flavor of ice cream like fudge and marshmallows, so lame. Anyways, February 2nd, also National Give Yourself Diabetes Day. Kidding, but it is truly Groundhog Day, which are we are we still doing? Are we still pretending to take advice on an upcoming seasonal weather activity based on a gerbil in a field? February 2nd is also National Ukulele Day, so put all that together. Tater Tots and Ice Cream for Breakfast, Heavenly Hash Day, so even more ice cream, National Groundhog's Day, which I guess you can watch while playing the ukulele. It's a good time. It's a good time. February 5th, 
National Safer Internet Day, National Shower with a Friend Day, which is coincidental because while surfing the internet, I think I watched a video of what looked like two, you know, pretty friendly people in a shower. Like, I'm guessing they were showering with a friend day, although they didn't do a ton of, like, they didn't use a bunch of, like, shampoo. So, I mean, I'm not sure if that was part of the holiday or what that was. Well, re- February 17th, National Random Act of Kindness Day, as well as National Cabbage Day. And I spend that every year uh, driving around. Actually, honestly, I usually take the entire week because, I mean, it's National Random Act of Kindness Day and Cabbage Day. That's a big day. So I spend the entire week hurling cabbages out my car windows of strangers just yelling, Celebrate, bitch! March 6th, Ash Wednesday, National Dentist Day, National Frozen Food Day, National Dress Day, and National Oreo Cookie Day. Now, I have to plan ahead to celebrate this every year. Not going to lie. It's kind of tough. So the night before, I put Oreos in the fridge. That way, on March 6th, I can eat frozen Oreos, checking off both National Frozen Food Day and National Oreo Day at the same time. Then, without brush- brushing my teeth, you can't brush your teeth, I put on my best dress, head straight for the dentist for an incredibly awkward checkup. Mostly because I have to remind everyone else in the dentist's office I'm wearing a dress to celebrate National Dress Day, which no one else recognizes. But also because every time the dentist's hands are in my mouth, I'm still yelling, March 13th, National Earmuff Day, which honestly might have been set up to celebrate the movie Old School. Uh, I can't find much about it from before when that movie was released, so I seriously think it was. But either way, you'll need to put earmuffs on the kids for the next holiday, March 14th, National Steak and Blowjob Day which was set up as a male version of Valentine's Day. So, I mean, you know, go with it. March 14th, Everything You Do Is Right Day. Also, National Panda Day, which this is the one that I do not celebrate. Um, I'm just going to recommend don't truly believe that just because it's March 16th that everything you do is right. Because if you go aggressively hit on Sheila at the post office, you'll probably get a visit from sexual harassment panda, which is good timing because two days later, March 18th, is National Awkward Moments Day. So you can reminisce about that sit-down with the director of HR. Now, National Manatee Appreciation Day. It's the day I look forward to every year. It's March 27th. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. Kidding. I don't even know what there is to appreciate about manatees. Anyone else out there you know, ever been assisted by those midget whales before? Didn't think so. So let's all celebrate a different holiday. March 27th is National Joe Day, which, I mean, guys, pretty important. Just saying pretty important. Now, March 28th. This is the worst name of all the holidays. This is 100% real. I swear to God, this is it. I'm just going to quote, National Something on a Stick Day, end quote. It's March 28th. National Something on a Stick Day. Hey, I got something on a stick for you right here. Jimmy, I swear to Christ, go home. April 3rd, get ready. National Film Score Day. National Tweed Day. National Chocolate Moose Day, National Find a Rainbow Day, National Walking Day, and National Help a Child Day. Did you catch all those? Film, Tweed, Chocolate Moose, Take a Walk, Find a Rainbow, Help a Child. Well, no one out holidays me. So, I'm going to head over to Big Brothers Big Sisters, take little Billy out on the town. Going to buy him some chocolate moose, but he cannot eat it till we find ourselves matching Tweed suit jackets. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how far away the store is. We are going to walk because it's walking day, son. And when we walk the whole way, then we're done. We're going to go to a movie and we're only going to listen to the film score. So there's ever a moment without music playing, 
I don't even care if the main character is giving an important monologue. If the film score isn't playing behind that monologue, I'm going to be steady screaming in the back row, Celebrate Bitches! Then, after we get kicked out, we're going to take another walk and go find a rainbow. I don't care how much the tweed suit chafes this poor kid's ass. We're walking till we find a rainbow. And when we find that rainbow, guess what I'm yelling? Celebrate, bitches! April 6th, National Love Your Children Day. Now look, I'm no super dad. I'd like to think I care. I love my kids. But obviously I just got kicked out of a movie theater for scream cussing, so clearly I'm not the best dad ever. But regardless, if you need a specific holiday, if you need a day of the year to remind you to love your children... Your kids are fucked. You're, you're done. We're done here. April 12th, National Day of Silence, which, I mean, look, that might have been a good holiday back in, like, the 1400s or something, but nowadays, how, and like, you can't be silent all day. Well, I mean, look, I guess I could just text a lot, but you, you get the point. I can't. How am I supposed to screen celebrate, bitches, if it's National Day of Silence? April 14th, <laughs> April 14th, Cake and Cunnilingus Day. Established as the female response to Steak and BJ Day, which, I mean, that was the male response to fucking Valentine's Day, so are we going to have the male response? Anyways, it goes on for, I don't care. April 14th is also National Ex-Spouse Day, which I'm willing to bet very few ex-spouses get cake and cunnilingus, but that's fine. April 17th is National Haiku Day. Haiku is easy. April 26th. Richter Scale Day, the only scale of the year that is capable of accurately calculating your mom's weight. Boom! Didn't see that one coming, did you? Look, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. This episode, it, it, I'm sorry. May 4th, Star Wars Day. It's also National Free Comic Day. Nerds! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No one, I, seriously, I'm kidding. No one is really free until nerd prosecution ends. Which, uh, both that yelling of the nerds and then, you know, no one is really freaking of the nerd box. Both of those are quotes from Revenge of the Nerds movies. Uh, if you don't get those, you clearly didn't watch Comedy Central every Saturday morning in the 90s like I did. Because they were on every Saturday morning in the 90s for like six years straight. May 17th, National Pizza Party Day. Which, the only people allowed to be excited for a pizza party are too young to use a calendar. Like, if you're an adult and you're honestly excited that this Friday at your office, you're going to get some pizza that's been sitting in the communal kitchen for three hours, so now it's lukewarm and soggy, I'm guessing you're also the kind of person that gets excited when you find a nickel on a sidewalk. So I'm about to find out where you live, mount your wrap to work, and I'm going to glue nickels all along that route to work. Do you understand me? Screw you and your pizza party day. Celebrate, bitches. May 28th. National Brisket Day and National Hamburger Day. If you're choosing hamburger over brisket, you're probably young enough to be excited for a pizza party. Also, the entirety of May is National Hamburger Month. So, like, if the entire month is hamburger, why do you then get National Hamburger Day? Like, what the like? You sound like my coworker Karen. You guys probably all have one. Her birthday is like July 14th, but somehow the entire month of July is about her birthday. No one cares, Karen. Also, May is National Salad Month. You can't have National Hamburger Month and National Salad Month. And then you can't have National Brisket Day and Hamburger Day in the middle of National Salad Month. That's like multiplying by negative. It, it doubled negates itself by the division of the, of the, the remainder with the, with the simplified quantifier. I was never good at math. We're just going to... All right, move on. June 3rd, National Egg Day, Eastern Australia Day, World Bicycle Day, and National Repeat Day. National Egg Day. Eastern Australia Day, World Bicycle Day, and National Repeat Day, National Egg Day, Eastern Australia Day, 
World Bicycle Day and National Celebrate, bitches! June 4th is National Cheese Day, which I seriously thought we already had on January 21st, so I had to go look back. It's Cheese Appreciation Day. What the fuck? What am I supposed to do on National Cheese Day that I didn't do on National Cheese Appreciation Day? Or is National Cheese Appreciation Day, I'm not supposed to eat cheese. I'm just supposed to appreciate it. I'm just supposed to look at it, smell it, appreciate the fuck out of it. All right. June 11th, Kamehameha Day, which I was stoked. Finally a holiday I can genuinely get behind and genuinely celebrate. I will celebrate, absolutely out-celebrate everybody on Kamehameha Day. It's Goku's strongest move. You know what I mean? Like, it's the baddest of the finishers that I can think about. Like, Dragon Ball Z is fucking dope. Like, how else is the Kamehameha? What? I'm sorry, what, what do you mean it's not, what do you mean it's not Dragon Ball Z? What do you, what? Oh, who the fuck is King Kamehameha? Fuck Hawaii. All right, so look, guys, it's just been brought to my attention by my research staff uh, that this day, June 11th, celebrates King Kamehameha, who united the Hawaiian Islands in 1810. And Hawaii celebrates this every year with 30-foot leis. Those are those flower necklaces. There's a, there's a giant statue of King Kamehameha, and they put these giant flower necklaces. Look, celebrate bitches but man i wanted this to be a dragon ball z day moving forward june 17th take your cat to work day no june 19th garfield the cat day wait what is that, is that really a, a lot of cat stuff in june june 20th ugliest dog day all right are serious did garfield make this month what the hell's happening july 1st canada day it's also international joke day you want an international joke all of canada Ooh. july 4th american independence day and I'm proud to be an American where my fireworks are cheap and Chinese. July 14th, National Nude Day, and it's also National Mac and Cheese Day as well as Pandemonium Day. Pandemonium Day, according to the, uh, to the interwebs, is a day to break out of the ordinary and to, quote, nix the itinerary, cancel your appointments, rid yourself of expectations, and get wild, end quote. Now, look, if you're not getting wild with, you know, National Nude Day and National Mac and Cheese Day, I don't think National Pandemonium Day is going to do anything for you, but not going to lie. If we are getting wild with mac and cheese and everybody's naked, like, that's it's, this is the front runner for, like, my new favorite day of the year. Like, just imagine like, running around town hall, just butt-ass naked, throwing mac and cheese at people, just yelling, celebrate, bitches, everywhere. That'd be awesome. Just saying I'm down. July 29th is National Chicken Wing Day, National Lasagna Day. And National Lipstick Day, which, obviously, I get as many chicken wings and as big a lasagna as I can. Put on a ton of rouge. Is rouge lipstick? Shit. I don't even know. You get the point. Celebrate, bitches. August 5th. Uh, possibly the most holidays of one day of the entire list. I, I genuinely think it is. Uh, here we go. British Columbia Day. Alberta Heritage Day. Natal Day. National Underwear Day. New Brunswick Day, New South Wales Bank Holiday Day, Northern Territory Picnic Day, Terry Fox Day, whoever that is, and National Work Like a Dog Day. No. August 10th, National Lazy Day, which I just was with that last one. It's also National Bowling Day, which is perfect. Uh, Bowling is fun, but it is probably the laziest sport. August 11th, National Son and Daughter Day. Calls it, quote, the answer to Mother's Day. Now there's officially a day just for our sons and daughters. Motherfucker, if, if, 
If you need these days on the calendar to appreciate your kids, you are a horrible parent moving on. National Take Your Cat to the Vet Day, August 22nd. If you need a day to take your cat to the vet and you haven't been doing that on your own, you're a terrible cat owner. What the hell's wrong with you? Also, August 22nd, National Take Your Cat to the Vet Day. It's also National World Plant Milk Day, which, what? But also kind of makes sense because, I mean, cats really are lactose intolerant. So, you know, give them plant milk if you're going to give them milk at all. But all right. September 16th, Mexican Independence Day, as well as National Guacamole Day, which just seems either super coincidental or super racist. But, you know, whatever. We're going to move along. September 18th, National Cheeseburger Day. We already had Hamburger Day in May, but apparently we're going to go crazy and throw some cheese on it. It's a totally different holiday. What the fuck is wrong with us? September 18th is also National Backpack Awareness Day. So, hey, everybody, be aware of backpacks. Stop carrying all your stuff in your hands. Parents, stop sending your kids to school with like nine books under each arm. Give them a backpack, guys. September 27th. Falls Prevention Awareness Day. It's a, a day to recognize life alert. I'm not even kidding. It's this day was made to recognize life alert. Like that's not the joke part. The wearable button for old people. You know, in case they fall and break a hip and they can't get to a nearby telephone. Thankfully, they have it on a necklace so they can press nine one one. It's a honestly. It's, it, it, I'll, I'll give credit to Life Alert. It's a great company. It's a great idea. Uh, but Life Alert is going to be phased out in a few generations because look, everyone I know under forty has a cell phone in their hand or their pocket at all times. All times. So old people aren't going to need to wear a necklace because we're all going to have our iPhones in our hands when we fall down. September 23rd, National Temperature Control Day, which, I mean, look, it's not as good as Naked Mac and Cheese Pandemonium Day, but uh, National Respect for Heating and Air Conditioning Day is high up on my list, especially heating portion. If you live anywhere that's cold, uh, I mean, I live in South Dakota, you know, as we don't, God bless heating units. Who boy. October starts out with a bang. Get this, October 1st, Coffee Day, Old Black Dog Day, Fire Dog Day, National Hair Day, Homemade Cookie Day, and World Vegetarian Day. So, of course, early October every year, you can find me taking old people to go to Starbucks and pumping them full of coffee and cookies. Then uh, I surprise them by adopting them all black dogs, and I take them all home and shave all their dogs' hair off. Uh, then we use that hair for vegetarian recipes, which, I mean, that's what vegetarians eat, right? Like, I've, had, I've had some vegetarian cookies, and honestly, they tasted like dog hair. Zing! That's an inside joke that like four people are going to get, none of whom listen to this podcast. Moving on, I'm totally kidding. I have had some delicious fried cauliflower wings like vegetarian food it can be really really good but it's national fire pup day so uh day to honor the canine members of americans fire department i'm gonna make a joke uh something like fire dog poop tastes like vegetarian food moving on october 6th (gasps) transfer your money to your daughter day what october 13th transfer your money to your sunday fucking what october 14th national you ungrateful bastards better get a goddamn job i swear to god all right i'm kidding that was not real but october 6th and October 13th, they're genuinely transfer money money to your daughter and your Sunday, which is what? Fuck off. October 15th, National Cheese Curd Day, which we've already had two cheese days. What are we doing? But, y'all, cheese curds are delicious. Uh, they're heavenly. And if they're fried, they're even better. If you put some breading around, just essentially it's like a mozzarella stick, you know, like a fried mozzarella stick, but it's small. It's like a dough ball size. So like it's like three or four. It, it, I can't believe, honestly, I can't believe the South hasn't adopted this food yet. It's it's everything we want. It's fried and it's cheese. Done. October th- 23rd is National Slap Your Annoying Coworker Day. Now, just like National Irish Coffee Day, I think these should be real 
real holidays, like talking we should either have the day off or you're allowed to drink and slap all day. I think it, it would, if you want to talk about having camaraderie and, you know, and social uh, togetherness in an office, let everybody get drunk and slap each other. I promise you that'll, that'll bring the unity around. Uh, November 17th, National Unfriend Day. Jimmy Kimmel started this, apparently. I've never heard of it, but I, I got to say I like it. Uh, you take a day every now and again and then just delete a bunch of you know negative people from your life. Honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a good idea. November, oh, what? November 20th, National Payback Your Parents Day. Uh, this, is, this is a real day. And honestly, I'm going to use October 23rd and start slapping my kids around. If they don't pay me back, they don't have until national, November 20th for National Pay Your Parents Back Day. Fuck that. Give me my money now. November 29th, National Stab a Stranger for a New TV Day, a.k.a. Black Friday. You get it. It's a joke. December 1st. Uh, d- December is all food except for this one, and this one is real, and I think you should be paid attention to more. December 1st, National Christmas Lights Day, which, look, I'll admit, we actually we actually put up our lights before December 1st this year, but, you know, we, we had a real reason, guys. We're not asshole. I'm totally an asshole. We put it up. But I, I swear I had a reason. But uh, well, anyways, we we didn't. We broke the rule. The December 1st should literally be the rule. Should be legally be. I should be able to call the cops on you if you're putting your fucking Christmas lights up on like November 3rd. That should be. I should be. Anyways, the rest are food. Let's do this. December 13th, National Ice Cream Day. December 15th, National Cupcake Day. December 16th, National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. December 17th, Maple Syrup Day. December 19th. Hard Candy Day, 22nd National Cookie Exchange Day, 27th National Fruitcake Day, 28th National Chocolate Candy Day, December 29th National Congratulations. If you ate all of those, you now have Diabetes Day, December 30th National Bacon Day. Now, the diabetes one is fake, obviously, but the rest are real, uh, including the bacon day, which, I mean, if you actually eat that much sugar every day, you'll need a salty day just to balance it out, just for, <laughs> it's just going to be good for you. So look, as you can see, there are literally thousands of holidays every year. And I left off uh, groups of them. In fact, that every state of, uh, of the Union, every American state has its own day. Uh, in fact, alcohol, so many. In fact, let's just run through this. Just get this. Here we go. Alcohol days. I'm not going to give you what day of the year, but just know that there is a day of the year for each one of these. Bloody Mary Day, Hot Toddy Day, Margarita Day, Irish Coffee, Kahlua, Bloody Mary, Mold Wine Day, New Beers Eve Day, National Beer Day, National Alcohol Screening Day, Amaretto Day, which I never realized I liked Amaretto until I, I was researching this and I realized DiSerono is Amaretto or is an Amaretto. And man, we went through a DiSerono phase. That stuff is delicious. Horrible hangovers. Moving on. Moscato Day. Mimosa Day, Wine Day, which we've already had multiple types of wine, but I guess now we're going to have one big umbrella, so whatever. Mint Julep Day, National Moonshine Day, National Rosé Day, another wine, Bourbon Day, Martini Day, Pina Colada Day, Daiquiri Day, Tequila Day, which we just did Martini, or we just did Pina Colada and Daiquiri. Why are we doing another tequila? But fuck it, whatever. Scotch Day, Beer Day, we've already done a Beer Day, Rum Day, Beer Lover's Day, that makes a third Beer Day. I don't know how that's anyways. Vodka Day, National Liquor. Liqueur Day, which what we're doing one for every type of liqueur. Are we really are we serious? And then of course January first, National Hangover Day. We have thousands of holidays every year. I mean, I clearly didn't list. I mean, it was I did the best I could to cherry pick some of these, but like there are so genuinely left off over almost a thousand of them. Like not even exaggerating, but there are so many holidays. In 1973, Harold Pullman noticed this and created National Nothing Day, which is supposed to be quote. 
a break from the endless stream of holidays and observations that one has to take part in every year, end quote, which sounds nice. But since then, we've also created on January 15th, even though it is National Nothing Day, it's now also National Hat Day and National Strawberry Ice Cream Day. So, sorry, Harold, go fuck yourself. (laughs) There are so many holidays, and I think it speaks to, at least until rather recently, how bored humanity has been. We took any reason, any excuse to celebrate. I mean, originally it was just the new year and thank God for the harvest. And of course that makes sense. But then we made up one for love. Then we made up you know, multiple ones for food. Almost every holiday is, is surrounded by food now. I mean, every holiday has its own list of foods. It's, it's absurd. And some of these holidays are for specific types of food. I mean, there, there was cheese and hamburger and brisket. I left off things like chicken and National Beef Month. and national. Like it's, we, we have made holidays for all types of reasons. Originally, I think they were based more on necessity and timekeeping, then they kind of became fun. And now I think it's it's not only a marketing ploy, I mean, it's certainly joy dish soap. I mean, that's that doesn't need to be a day. That, that was somebody from the marketing department. But even more so than that, things like Valentine's Day and certainly like Christmas, which I know I left off on purpose, but also, come on, you guys know what Christmas is. What are we doing? I think so many billions of dollars are spent on these holidays. We almost have to continue them going because be them hollow or not, they're required now for the bottom line of our nation and for, I'm sure, a lot of nations. So, I mean, like, this is just me waxing poetic. I'm just kind of going off on the left turn here. But I think holidays have come to represent more than what they were originally intended. I, I don't think we celebrate Thanksgiving now to actually be thankful. I mean, I know we are, but it's also so we can buy millions on millions of pounds of turkey and stuffing and bread and butter and beer and, you know, all the other things, all the, the, the casseroles and all the vegetables. And, you know, it's, and that's just one day. I mean, I'm sure we spend billions on that day in the same way that we spend billions. on. And we're not even talking into travel yet. We haven't even gotten into other types of commerce that surround these days. I, I think holidays have become so important that we've almost lost sight of what they, what they were originally. I think we've just started branding them. I think they've become more like commercials in the way that some of these read like commercials. Like, you know, National Egg Day. Like what, what, that's just, you know, just in the same way that Got Milk became a slogan. Oh, there is a National Milk Day. I left that one off. These things become slogans and kind of catchy, but they're also purposeful. I think they are meant to continue to sell. They are meant to continue to keep the economy spinning. And, And at this point, I think I'm okay with it. That's why... Nobody out holidays me. That's why I don't mind throwing cabbages at strangers for an entire week because we, I'm doing my part. God damn it, <laughs> I'm doing doing my part to save this here economy. So uh, wow, if you wow, let's look to the clock. If you guys made it through all of this, um, you're awesome. I love you. I hope you have a, a great day, whatever day you're listening to this. Uh, if it's anywhere in the late December's, it's probably some form of food day. So go get yourself a cupcake or ice cream or hard candy or cookie or chocolate candy bar, etc. Or hopefully December 30th, go get yourself some bacon. That'd be my choice. Either way, thank you for listening. You're the best. See you next time.